Hey guys, what's up? I'm Yarel Ramos. And I'm Jessica Molina. We all have those weight hold up moments in life. Those times where our perspective shifts and our hustle changes as a result. Each week, tune in as we chat with a new guest who's on their grind and learn the pivotal moments that shape their journey. And when we're not chatting with a guest, Jess and I will dig into the latest weight hold up moments happening in politics and pop culture. You're listening to Weight Hold, hold Up. up. Beautiful people, thank you so much for tuning in to Wait Holds Up and for joining me. I'm actually riding solo today. It's just Jessica. There's no Yarel. But that's because I went on a special little field trip to capture today's interview. And I promise you guys that this guest is unlike anyone that we've had before on the show. So let's get into it. today's episode, I had the honor to speak with Oscar Lopez Rivera. Oscar is a Puerto Rican nationalist who is the longest held Puerto Rican political prisoner, having served over 35 years. In 2016, President Obama commuted his sentence. Oscar was in prison, having been found guilty of seditious conspiracy related to his involvement with the FALN, a group that fought for Puerto Rican independence and claimed credit for many bombings between 1974 to 1983. Oscar, however, was never charged in connection with the bombings. Now, to help give a bit more context, here's how the fabulous journalist and host of NPR's Latino USA, Maria Hinojosa, explained the charges against Lopez. She said, quote, The FBI had no physical evidence to prove that Lopez Rivera set any bombs himself. So instead, he was tried for a seditious conspiracy to overthrow the power of the United States in connection with 28 FALN bombings in Chicago. So his supporters essentially say that seditious conspiracy is, quote, a political crime for simply opposing the United States government. And they say his 55-year sentence was essentially unfair. But his opponents say that he is essentially an unrepentant terrorist, end quote. Now, when I spoke to Oscar, I was surprised to see how time behind bars had hearted him. He was incredibly gracious, passionate, and just as committed to seeing an independent Puerto Rico. In this talk, you'll hear about his hope for the island in the wake of Hurricane Maria, how people in the Puerto Rican diaspora can help, if he harbors any anger for spending 35-plus years in prison, and how he hopes history will remember him. Now, a side note, we spoke after he gave a presentation at UCLA, and the auditorium was still full of energized college students. So please don't mind the extra background noise. I hope you enjoy. So I've heard in a few interviews that you describe yourself as a Puerto Rican who loves Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. What does being a Puerto Rican mean to you? Being Puerto Rican means that I can identify myself as such. Being Puerto Rican means to me that I enjoy my culture, that I enjoy the language, that I enjoy the music, that I enjoy the way of life that we live. It doesn't matter how difficult life is for us, but we are a happy people. We, we, we really enjoy life, and I, I, I really love that. 
for me, that's important. Absolutely. And I think that right now, what's been hard for Puerto Ricans, uh, Puerto Ricans in the diaspora, Puerto Ricans, I'm sure, on the island, is hearing how the news daily is so bleak coming out of Puerto Rico about the recovery efforts after Hurricane Maria. So what do you think, you know, with the damage that's taken place, considering Puerto Rico's debt, and now that we see these corporations and these wealthy people just trying to come in and be the vultures that they are, how do you, do you still have hope for the future of Puerto Rico, and how, where does that hope stem from? I, I have lots of hope for the future of Puerto Rico, primarily because there's a Puerto Rican youth that is changing. There's a Puerto Rican youth. When I arrived in Puerto Rico, they were already on strike at the university. I had the opportunity to talk with them. I still have the opportunity whenever I find them to share ideas with them, to listen to them. And, and there are a lot of young Puerto Ricans that are doing positive things. For example, there are young Puerto Ricans doing ecological agriculture. There are young Puerto Ricans doing small projects that will definitely, definitely be beneficial to the future of Puerto Rico. For example, you know, the, the small restaurants, the, the, the one with the trucks, with the one mm-hmm. that go around moving the food trucks. The mm-hmm. food trucks They're very creative, very, very, very beautiful things. You you have an artist community, very creative. So we have a lot of creative Puerto Ricans. And in the final analysis, the most important resource in the world is the human resource. And I think that we still have a a a good amount of the human resource. We've lost a lot because of the brain drain that has been caused by the economy for the last 20 years, but yeah. yet we have the young people, young people who love Puerto Rico, but very creative, young people who want to do uh, good things for Puerto Rico and who envision a better and more strong Puerto Rico. So to support those young people, because I know that that's the population that, like you were saying before in, in your lecture, the professionals who have felt like they have had to leave. So to support those young people and to support the professionals, what does Puerto Rico need and how can the diaspora help, especially also now following um, Hurricane Maria? Well, I've had the opportunity to talk to young Puerto Ricans in the diaspora. For example, I spent uh, probably four or five days in St. Paul, Minnesota, and to my surprise, all the young people there were born in the United States, and yet they all spoke Spanish. They talked about how much they love Puerto Rico, and some of them want to go back to Puerto Rico. Although they were born and raised in the United States, they're young, they're in their 20s, early 30s, and, and they're very creative again, very, very concerned about the future, not only of Puerto Rico, but the future of the world. And so we, for me, that represents a big, 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 uh, 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 important role in this process of helping Puerto Rico. Uh, I, I, I also think that there are things that are doable. We don't need we don't need to be present. We can use the technology that is there to help each other. We can do you know, a lot of uh, conversation with Skype. We can do right. a lot of conversation just by texting. We can do a lot of conversation by ex- just exchanging little messages. We can do a lot of things that are positive just with the technology as it is. We, if, if we have a doctor, we, he, he, that doctor can do prescription with, with, the, with the phone. Right. So, so th- th- those are things that we can use for our benefit. We can do it from the diaspora, and, and we can do it from Puerto Rico. So I think that the help, the help can, be, can be maximized. Also, also, I think that 
we Puerto Ricans in the diaspora must envision Puerto Rico, how the Puerto Rico that we want for the future. And if Puerto Rico is, is the promised land for all Puerto Ricans, we can envision ourselves returning. Rather than allowing foreigners to come into Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. take it over, we can do it ourselves. Right. So uh, we, we're asking Puerto Rico to invest in Puerto Rico. The Puerto Ricans who have money, we're asking them, bring your money. That money will stay in Puerto Rico, not like the, not like the, the banks, not like the companies like, like Walmart, like Walgreens. They take all the capital out of Puerto Rico. No, none of that money stays in Puerto Rico. But if we put our money, it doesn't have to be a large amount. We, if we put our money in Puerto Rico, that money will stay in Puerto Rico, and we can build. We can build. We can build the internal market that is necessary in order for us to lift up Puerto Rico. I, when I hear you speak, I, you speak with such determination and with such conviction, and I think that that's a reminder that so many of us need because it can feel, I mean, I'm originally from New York, so I'm 3,000 miles away from there. I'm even, even further from Puerto Rico. Most of my family at this point is in New York, New Jersey, and so it can feel like there's a disconnect and like you don't know where to begin. So when you speak, it helps to allow us to know where to start and how we can use our many gifts and talents so that we don't have to just stay on the back burner or stay, stay on the sidelines and not get involved. And that's really important. And so, I, and I think that that was felt here tonight. You know, one of the things that, um, that, that has always struck me about your story is that there's so many different sides to, or opinions about what people want to believe who you are. Right. And I think that that's an indication of the manipulation of media and what politicians can do to someone's story is particularly people who have always fought for freedom. And you look at I'm not sure if you're familiar, are you familiar with Colin Kaepernick right now and what he's doing, mm -hmm. the former football player. Yes, yes. And you look at the Black Lives Matter movement mm -hmm. and how now they're being demonized and called terrorists. Mm -hmm. So how can we change the conversation in in our communities to make sure that people know the truth about who these individuals are? I think that the most important thing is to realize that there are elements that have the power to define who we are. We don't have to accept them. For me, for me, they can call me anything that they want to call me. I know what I do. I know what I did. And I feel comfortable with, with the skin that I have. It doesn't matter what they call a person. What we cannot forget is that we are in this world. If we want a better and more just world, we're going to have to struggle for it. That we have to realize that life is all a struggle. Then nothing is going to be given to us that we have to fight and struggle for what we want. If we want a better world, we're going to have to fight for it. If we want a better job, we're going to have to fight for it. If we want the environment to be protected, we're going to have to fight for it. If we, whatever we want in this world, we have to struggle, to struggle, to struggle in order to achieve it. And if we don't achieve it, pass it on to another generation because another generation will pick it up right where we, where we left it. So I think that is crucial. What the most, most important thing is not to allow the way that they define us to affect us. We know who we are. We, we, we work, we struggle. We want a better and more just world. I want Puerto Rico to be an independent nation, and I'll fight for Puerto Rico until, the, until my last breath. I, I'm not talking about doing anything, but just making sure that we can, we can do with Puerto Rico the things that need to be done. We can do them. We don't need anyone to come and tell us, this is what you have to do because we want to collect 
take money away from you. No, no, we don't need that. We don't need that. Mm-hmm. But we cannot allow whatever they whatever they say about us. You know, for me, I, I developed. I think I've developed a Teflon skin. <laughs> they can say whatever they. It's not going to affect me. I'll get up the next day. I'm going to do whatever needs to be done. I'm going to work hard and put as many hours as I can in order to achieve what I think is achievable if we dare to struggle, if we dare to Mm. think that we can be victorious. Because for those who struggle, victory is their reward. That is so beautiful. And I feel like my next question, I I almost feel like I know the answer to it, but I still want to ask you anyway. But do you feel angry that you spent over 35 years in prison? No, absolutely not. I think I think that for me it was serving a just and noble cause yeah. and and fulfilling a citizen's duty as a Puerto Rican I have the obligation to fight for Puerto Rico yeah. that is mm, as a Puerto Rican citizen that is my obligation so I do not feel I do not feel angry I do two things I will never I will never allow hatred or fear to enter my heart because hatred blinds Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be blinded. Fear blinds and I don't want to be, I don't want to be blind. Fear is something that we have within us. It is a defense mechanism, but we can use it. We don't have to, we don't have to, we don't have to paralyze by fear. We don't have to be feel paralyzed by fear. We don't need to be feel impotent by fear so mm-hmm. what we do we transcend fear we transcend fear and we will not allow hatred to poison our hearts and our minds because it is a waste of time so the best thing to do is to put all that aside and not allow it to enter our hearts and minds and we can function beautifully i think that that's such something that so many people are struggling struggling with right now so many in the latino community who are f- afraid for their lives afraid for their families being torn apart then you have people in puerto rico who are still struggling to regain electricity to get water and so it's hard not to have that fear and but also that hatred hatred particularly directed towards individuals that you feel like are getting it or obstructing your justice and your peace um is there a practice that you've developed that has enabled you to be able to like stop the hatred and fear before it hits your mm-hmm. heart. Yes, yes, uh, I th- I think that there are plenty of examples. Gandhi gave us wonderful examples of why we cannot allow hatred to penetrate our hearts. You know, and and it's it's a way of having a clear mind. If we if we're blinded by hatred, we're not going to think clearly. We're going to just use our energies for hatred. Mm. So in order for us to prevent from us losing our humanity, losing what we are by hatred, by promoting hatred, or by b- being allowed being allowed for hatred to penetrate us, we're losing it. Mm-hmm. The best way is to maintain ourselves clear because we can do it. We There's no need for it. And the most important thing is to clear, have a
at this point, you know, um, is is admirable. And we thank you so much for your sacrifice, for talking with me today. And, you know, we will continue to follow and support you on this journey and to continue to follow and support Puerto Rico. I, I want to make one point clear. I have sure. never felt sacrificed. Uh, I, I have I've chosen a, a way of life. My mother told me one day, son, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it right. And as long as you do the right thing, I will be with you. But bear in mind, bear in mind that there's always a price to be paid. Be prepared for it. And oh. and so so. It's almost as if she knew. My mother, my mother was a woman who taught me how to be of service to the other, to love mm -hmm. the other, to be concerned for the other, and that's what my mother taught me, and that has stayed with me, and I hope it will stay with me for the for the rest of my life. Uh, so, so I, I I think that I was blessed by having a, a great mother, who who gave so much to her children by living the example of what it is to be concerned with the other, to be that person that is not the I that counts more, but the we that counts more. Well, I hope that the same way that your mother's lessons have stayed with you for this long, that the lessons that you're teaching all of us will continue to stay with us and we will continue mm -hmm. to fight and have the hope that you have for Puerto Rico. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you do. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much to Oscar for allowing me to interview him and for his continued commitments to the island. You, sir, are a serious inspiration. And I'd also like to thank Puerto Ricans in Action for this interview opportunity. Now, if any of you would like to contribute to Oscar Lopez Rivera's foundation, please visit PuertoRicansInAction.com forward slash Oscar dash Lopez dash Rivera. And of course, if this is your first time listening, we thank you so much for tuning in. We are Wait Hold Up. This is a podcast where we interview unique individuals who are on their grind and learn the weight holds up moments that change the course of their lives. And there are times where my co-host Yarel and I will then dive into the latest moments in politics and pop culture. If you'd like to get connected with us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Wait Holds Up Pod. Please subscribe, leave us a message on any of our social accounts. And of course, please leave us a review on iTunes. I'm Jessica. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time. Bye.